Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Podcast, presented by Canon Press. So welcome to the podcast. This is episode 209. I'm Douglas Wilson. I'm very uh, grateful you decided to join me here. Uh, good job. That, that was well done. You've done your good deed for the day. Hope it wasn't the end of the day. You've, well, you've done it now. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you might call apocalypse uh, now. I was recently in a conversation with my friend Chris Wiley. And he made this observation that I thought was very, very astute and very on point, and I wanted to develop a little bit. Uh, the word, uh, the word apocalypse in Greek is is the word that's used for the last book of the Bible, and it means unveiling. Uh, so the the, the uh, Latin word for the same thing is is revelatio, uh, from which we get revelation. So revelation is a revealing. Or an apocalypse is an unveiling. Think about the curtain going up, and you're now able to see everything that was behind the curtain. An apocalypse is not simply uh, the the thing. The key thing to remember about an apocalypse is not that you have hailstones the size of cantaloupes, or that you have fire coming down from the sky, or tsunami hitting the beach. Many people think that an apocalypse simply is a biblical word to describe what what's going on in a disaster movie, you know, three volcanoes in a row or, or earthquake or what, whatever. Now, those things do happen in the apocalypse, but the main thing that is happening in an apocalypse is that the, the hidden machinery of the world, the way things really are, uh, gets revealed, gets unveiled. And in that sense, even though we've got a lot of troubles in the, the, over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of troubles. For many Christians, the most troubling thing about it has not been the fact of, you know, the lockdown or the fact of COVID or the fact of, you know, the uncertain job market or whatever. Uh, the most troubling thing for many Christians, I think, has been what it has revealed about the nature of the leadership in the church. Uh, many. Christians have been really dismayed to find it, to to have discovered that their elder board was not nearly as spiritually healthy as they thought it was, or their pastor was not nearly as courageous as they assumed he was. So, and and it was this set of circumstances that made the curtain go up that that revealed. So when. When the guns start firing and it's time to go over the top and it comes down to the decision point, you can tell who goes over the top and who doesn't. You can tell who runs in battle or who flinches and who stands. It's, not, it's, it's no longer a matter of opinion. So when the provincial governor in Canada or the governor here says you've got to shut down your worship services, you e your elder board either does or doesn't do that. If you're told that you have to hum, you're not allowed to sing. You have to hum your hymns. Your church leadership is either going to do that or not do that. Uh, there's no they're they're either going to comply or not comply. And when they comply or when they don't comply, 
that's going to be an apocalypse. That's going to be an unveiling. That's going to be revelatory. So, um, and, and another thing that's coming up is people are going to be demanding, political officials are going to be demanding that churches check vaccine status before they allow people to congregate. And the response of the leaders, the response of the pastor, the response of the elders should be something along the lines of, let, let, let me think about it, no. Because, now, but that means you, you either have to say, yes, sir, right away, sir, or no, we're not going to do anything of the kind, or you're going to have to ask for some time to think and pray about it. And all three of those options are going to be revelatory. All three of those options are going to reveal uh, where the leadership of your church actually is. A lot of people are moving. We're, we're living in a time when there's a great reshuffling occurring uh, in America. Uh, a lot of people moving to Idaho. A lot of people are moving to Tennessee. A lot of people are moving to Texas. And it's, it's not just that they got a restless foot all of a sudden. Many times when, when it comes to the Christians, they are, they are doing this because they, they don't like at all what they discovered about where their spiritual leadership was spiritually. And that's, uh, I, I, I think we should look for that process to continue. I think that this pattern is going to continue to unfold. So we're continuing uh, with the podcast, episode 209, and we are also continuing in this hamartiology section to study the sins listed in the New Testament, and we are calling this study hamartiology, and the uh, hamartias is the word for sin. Our word this time is ethnikos, ethnikos. Now, this is, uh, it's not a sin to be a Gentile, uh, which is, I'm, I'm grateful for being Gentile, and many Gentiles were right with God, even in the Old Testament. The word for Gentiles, or tribes, or nations, was ethnoi, ethnoi. There was Job, and there was Naaman, and Uriah, Melchizedek, and so on. But it should also be recognized that the Gentiles frequently carried on like unbelievers. And so, the Gentile and unbelievers, are those two words are not necessarily synonyms. Sometimes they are, but not always. So, a related word is translated in a way that brings connotations of sinfulness with it. And that related word is ethnikos. Ethnikos is translated several times in the New Testament as heathen, and you've got connotations of unbelief there. The first instance of this is in Matthew 6. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Matthew 6 7. Now, the heathen assumption about prayer, this heathen assumption about prayer, is a sinful one. They think that God, or the divine whatever, is simply interested in a word count. And so, like an inept freshman writing his first term paper, they pad what they are doing with a lot of extraneous stuff. The word here for that is batalageo, or chatter, or babbling, vain repetition. The heathen assumption here is that God doesn't care about the heart of prayer, but only cares about the outside of the prayer. And that's a heathenish assumption. So, in some places, like a, in some heathen countries, there are prayer wheels. So, you can, um, you can write down your prayer request and 
clip it to a wheel and then spin the wheel. And every time that prayer goes by the marker, it's offered up again. Like, like prayer functions that way. That's it's just that's a heathenish superstition. The second instance of this is when Jesus tells us what the results of church discipline should be. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. That's Matthew eighteen seventeen. So here the word is tantamount to an outsider or an unbeliever. So at the end of church discipline, you are treating someone as a, um, to treat them as a heathen is to treat them as uh, someone who is rebellious, who's rejecting God. All right, now we come to uh, our book review uh, section of the podcast. This is podcast 209. Yeah, that's right, 209. And, um, and so here's the book review. Now, um, I have to begin by, um, I guess, uh, confessing, it's not a sin, but confessing a, well, I don't know, guilty pleasure. I, I don't know what you'd call it. I, one of the, I don't just read regular books. I also read dictionaries. And um, these dictionaries, I've, I've read a regular dictionary. Uh, it was the American Heritage Dictionary. And I, I got down to the M's. And then the office moved and that book got lost. So I, I got derailed in the middle of that. But I got into the M's. Uh, I've read uh, dictionary. I've read dictionaries of slang. I read dictionaries of quotations. I read, I read dictionaries. Okay. And currently, I'm currently working through what might be called the monster project of this. And that is, I'm working my way through Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. Now, this dictionary was started by a gent named Brewer back in the 1800s, but it's been kept in print down to the present, and it's uh, regularly updated. And as a dictionary of phrase and fable, uh, it's not really a, a dictionary of quotations. It's but it is a miscellany of an amazing number of odd little facts. So if you want to know what all the colors of heraldry are, or uh, the mottos of various uh, aristocratic houses across Europe, or uh, the difference between the cathedrals of the new foundation and the cathedrals of the old foundation. That's something I found out reading this. The cathedrals of the old foundation were the cathedrals that were in England prior to Henry VIII's dissolution of the monasteries. And when Henry di- uh, dissolved the monasteries and took a lot of the money that was there and broke up the lands and so forth, and it, the money didn't just go to greedy barons, uh, didn't just fill, uh, help the king out. But one of the things that was done with that money is uh, c- some cathedrals were built with uh, the money. Uh, and those cathedrals are the cathedrals of the new foundation. See, and had I not read, sat down to read Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, I never would have found that out. I'm in the S's now, so I'm rounding into the straight. I'm in the backstretch of this uh, dictionary, and Lord willing, I will finish it before I die. And, I, and so I just, when I get a chance, I read a couple of pages, move my page pointer, one over and highlight anything that's 
of interest, anything of note. And then when I'm done, I'm sure I've forgotten a bunch of stuff that I highlighted. So then when I'm done with it, I'll sit down and probably flip through it and note anything I highlighted and jot it down uh, so that I you know, might use it somewhere. Or Even if you don't read dictionaries, this is a great dictionary to have on your shelf as a, uh, as a reference work. It's, it really is a good, thorough bit of work. Really appreciate it. This episode has been brought to you by New St. Andrews College. Tyrants know education is warfare, and so should we. If you want your student armed for battle and equipped to fight tyranny, apply at nsa.edu slash fall 2022. That's nsa.edu slash fall 2022.